0: you find this story of blind Bartimaeus. And many of us here, if you've grown up in church, have has either heard a sermon or, or have studied it yourself. And what we find as we read this passage of Scripture, in the Synoptic Gospels, it, it, it shows and it reveals it to us another couple of times. We see it found in the book of Matthew 20, 29 to 34, in the book of Luke. Um, chapter 18, 35 to 43. But today we'll just look the in the story, in, in the context of the book of Mark. During this this section of the book of Mark, we need to understand a couple of things, the context of the passage. And this morning, as he writes the letter, he encourages those that are following Jesus this concept of discipleship. If you read the previous chapters before chapter 10, you'll find that he, he touches on specific points of, of yielding to God, of, of following God, or being a disciple of God. And as he finishes up this, this portion of Scripture, we find that he, he finishes up with this, this story of blind Bartimaeus. The healing of blind Bartimaeus was the last miracle mentioned in the book of Mark, Jesus Christ and his disciples has just left Perea and crossed the Jordan and came to this place called Jericho. And we'll begin reading in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho, his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highwayside highway begging. And today, the sermon that the Lord's laid upon my heart to preach to you is a sermon entitled, What is Your Garment? What is Your Garment? And let's pray before we continue. Father, again, thank You for Your Word, and I pray, God, that Your Word will speak more than I can. May the Holy Spirit move amongst this people. Father, we make decisions, and, and Lord, change the way we think about certain things so that we can glorify You more this week and this year. We thank you for the privilege of giving us the whole canon of Scripture and allowing us, Father God, to read it so freely. Bless us, God. Bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Me and my wife had the opportunity. We went shopping the the last couple of days. We went to a place called DFO. Put up your hand if you know what DFO is. Basically, what they do is they, um, they mark up the price and then they discount it so it seems like you're getting a discount, but in actual fact, it's... It's a marketing ploy, all right? We were there, and uh, we had the whole family with us, and so we were, we were downstairs in a, in a restaurant sort of area, and there's a, like an eatery there, and there was, it was hustling and bustling full of people. And out of nowhere, you hear this screech, this, this, this sound that, that echoes still in my mind. And it's, it, it was a lady. I, I automatically sort of looked, and there on the side there was this lady, this this woman's like her face was just in shock and in horror. And she did this yelp. It wasn't like a constant screaming, like, like if you got scared and you were screaming, ah. No, no there was just this, this certain scream that 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 everybody in the, the food vicinity looked at and said, What's going on? And this woman, she was trying to find her son. And she was running like I watched her run this way and run that way. And she just didn't know where to go. And it was almost this, this, I felt, I felt this need and this urgency to to, to look as well. After a few minutes on the side of as they come out of the elevator, you this boy comes out and, and a person was holding her son. Her son was just yay high. What wasn't old at all. There was this yelp for help, but she didn't know what to, what to call. There was, this, there was this scream for help, and she just didn't know who, 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 who to talk to and where to go or where to even start. And let me suppose this, this morning, as we start 2020, maybe there are some here that are in the same predicament as blind Bartimaeus, and God is, is walking past you, and God is, God is waiting for you to call out to Him. And maybe just today, you'll listen. Maybe today you'll have the faith as Bartimaeus did. And I want to teach you some lessons and go through some lessons and thoughts in regards to this story that is provided to us. First point for us this morning is simply this. Bartimaeus did not let limitations to hinder his desire for God. He did not let limitations to hinder his desire for God. As we're introduced to this blind beggar, we're shown his dire straits. You see, the Jericho of the New Testament was, uh, was built by Herod the Great as a, uh, as a, as a place where he located the, the Winter Palace. It was located eight kilometers west of the Jordan River and 1.5 kilometers from the original Jericho that we read about in the Old Testament. So the, the ones that we read about in Joshua and, and in 2 Kings, that's the, that's the Jericho that we're talking about in the Old Testament. The new one now is a, is a very wealthy city. It's a place where it was very extravagant. So it wasn't, it wasn't strange that a, that, a, that a beggar would sit on the highway as people were going out of this city and have made their profits in the city to us to alms, to us money from them. But you see, this morning, Bartimaeus was one in many. One in many. It says this in, in verse 46. And as he went out of Jericho, this is Jesus Christ, with his disciples and a great number of people. There will always be people that would desire to see and be in the proximity of Jesus but, not, but are not willing to surrender to Jesus' calling. Let me repeat that again. There will be, always be people that would desire to see or be in the proximity of Jesus Christ. Why? Because Jesus Christ did the miracles. Jesus Christ did the blessing. Jesus Christ taught things that they've never heard before. And and the Sadducees and the Pharisees, do you know what they did? They didn't just uh, just leave Jesus Christ. They followed Jesus Christ. So they can nitpick. They can say, that's wrong. That's not right. And you know what? And cause, cause division in those that are seeking after Jesus. You need to understand there was a large crowd there. And some were friends of Jesus, like the disciples. And some were folk. And we continue on with the story. There was one, he was one in many. He was also blind. This physical ailment hindered him from functioning like other people would. It makes sense. But he did not let his blindness or the fact that he was physically poor, because he was a beggar, to limit him from calling out to Jesus and saying, Jesus, Jesus our son of David. Only in the book of Mark we learn his name, by the way. The Bible does not give us any more information in regards to blind Bartimaeus, but what we find is maybe he had a family. Maybe blind Bartimaeus had responsibilities to fulfill. Maybe he had rent to pay. And in order for him to pay that rent, he had to go out and work and and beg for people for money. Do you know how humbling that would be? Where, where you, can't even, you can't even do Uber because you can't even see. So easy to do that. But he could not. Why? Because he was limited. But do you know what? That limitation did not hinder him from going for Jesus Christ. And now let me tell you, Christian. Everyone in this room is Limited. Whether you're an owner of a business or whether you're the poorest person in this room, we are all limited. We are limited in our time. We are limited by our health. We're limited by our age. We are limited by our knowledge. We are limited in, in, in experience. I hear that word a lot. We're limited. Don't let your limitations stop you from following God. Because sometimes what we feel like is not always what is true. And if we're not careful, we, we can live a certain way and, 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 and limit God to a box in our life and say, you know what, God, you can take care of me and you can take care of my family, but, but I cannot allow you to take my family away from me. I cannot allow you to, to, to send my children overseas. I can't do that because, God, you're, you're here. Don't let limitations stop you, Christian. Maybe there's someone here that doesn't even know Jesus Christ as your Savior. First thing I like to say is that God loves you. The song that they sang. But this is what we fear sometimes is we look at the, the Christian world and we see Christianity as, this, as this, this thing of attainment. And we say, I have to do this. I have to be this. I have to give up this in order for me to become a Christian. And we fear so we don't follow after Christ. And instead, we sit down in, in this beautiful auditorium. We hear the blessed truths of the Word of God. We hear the great songs with Strong doctrine, but you're too scared to take the step, the step of faith. Why? Because you're limited. You have limited yourself. See, Bar- blind Bartimaeus did not limit himself. Amen. He didn't. Second point let's continue on with the story. All of us are limited, whether it be in our officers or in our age or in our finance. It should not limit us from desiring a relationship with God. It will either hinder or propel you to Jesus. Secondly, verse 47. Mark chapter 10, verse 47. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Second point for you this morning simply this Bartimaeus did not allow people or perceptions to hinder his desire for God. You know, it's, say, it's stated that when you lose a sense, one of your senses, that everything else is heightened. That your body readjusts and enables you to, to have a better hearing. And if you were to close your eyes this morning and just imagine with me how it felt. As Bartimaeus sat there on the ground, as he lifted up his hands and, and just asked for money, imagine him just listening out and someone saying, you know, oh, that's Jesus Christ. That's Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth. That's, that's the man that says that he is the Son of God. That is the man there that, that, that preaches against the Pharisees and traditions of men. This is the man that, that heals people. That made the lame to walk. And the blind to see, Jesus Christ is here. Hey, let's follow him. Let's see what he's going to do next. Imagine blind Bartimaeus listening to this. And it says there in the scriptures, and when he heard, that means someone was talking about Jesus. Great side note for you. It didn't say when he saw. It says when he heard Jesus. It was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus. Sometimes we read it like Brother, so- uh, Brother Soren. <laughs> oh, no. Brother Yohe. Sometimes we read it like Brother, Brother Johan. And, and we read it the way that we read things, you know. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. It's like that. But imagine this guy's Desperation. This could be the only time Jesus Christ comes past. This is his last opportunity to hear Jesus, to have a, to have a, a, a place with, in front of Jesus, to be able to, to say to Jesus his needs. And, and as he, he desired to do that, I'm, I'm sure, as he, as he spoke, he didn't say, oh, Jesus, it's the last son of David. No, he was shouting. He was screaming. He was yelling, this is my last opportunity. I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know if I have another day in my life where I can live. I can't make the decision next year or next month or next week. Maybe tomorrow is the day I will die. And in his desperation, calls out to Jesus Christ. You think, you think the church would sort of be like, amen. Whoa. You know what they told him? Too loud, buddy. Making too much noise there, mate. You should just sit back down in your, in your desperation, in, in your poverty. Jesus is too busy for you. We, we, we don't want you to do that. And see, the, the perception, the perception this morning can hinder a lot of people from following after Jesus. So the first point simply, uh, I'm doing it just like what pastor does. The sub-point for that is simply this. We must ensure those that we are listening to are true followers of Jesus Christ. Make sense? Because a lot of people talk. Amen? A lot of people talk. And you don't listen to all of them. You filter. Well, you ought to. Because if you listen to all of them, you get confused, to be quite honest. We need to ensure the people that we're listening to, that are helping us and guiding us through our life, are true followers of Jesus Christ. Or do they have an agenda? We're good with that. We say one thing, but we're actually wanting them to do it so that they can fulfill what we want. See, those people were either friends or foes of Jesus Christ. If it was his friends, they might rebuke. They might rebuke blind Bartimaeus to not be so troublesome to Jesus, maybe judging it unworthy of, of Bartimaeus to have anything to do with Jesus, or maybe supposing that their business, or that, that Bartimaeus' business was simply to us for more money. Those are friends of Jesus. And we cut people off because we think We have our own perceptions of somebody, and we limit God's use for them because we have these preconceived ideas of their true colors or what they really want. Be careful, church, to not do that. Be careful. Secondly, it could be false. Yeah, again, as mentioned before, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they didn't want someone to go around and say, thou son of David? Do you know what that indicated when he said that, by the way? He was in the lineage of a king. When he said, thou son of David, that didn't, they didn't just say that he was a rabbi. No, no. He was the lineage. He was the Messiah. He is the Messiah. And obviously, the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't want that to happen. And so they kept him shut. We'll continue on. Secondly, is fear. Fear. Bartimaeus did not allow people or perceptions to hinder his desire, but we find, see, fear is a cause of why we don't do what we're supposed to do and why we don't follow when we're supposed to follow. I did a word study, and it's a good thing to do every once in a while, and I I did a word study of um, this phrase, the fear of men. One time in the Bible is that phrase written, and I'll read it to you. It's probably not in your notes. Proverbs twenty nine twenty five. One time in the Bible does it talk about the fear of man in this particular phrase. It says this, the fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Amen. And because I searched that, I, I searched the other one too. I searched the phrase, the fear of the Lord is. If if you're feeling down right now, if you're feeling like, man, 2020 is already a ruckus for me. It's already a battle. Take some time to look into the Word of God and search this phrase out, the fear of the Lord is. And I'll read some for you this morning. Again, it's not in your notes. If you want to grab these verses off me afterwards, feel free to do so. But if you could write real fast and so be it. Psalms 19 verse 9 says this, The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalms 111 verse 10, it says this, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and good understanding have all they that do His commandments. His praise endureth forever. Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy and the evil way, and the forward mouth do I hate. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Proverbs 14:26. In the fear of the Lord is a strong confidence, and his children shall have a place. Of refuge, Proverbs chapter fourteen, verse twenty-seven: The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Proverbs chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three: The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Isaiah thirty-three, six: The wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of thy times, and the strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his. Treasure. So, what do you fear? What's your fear? Don't let people or perceptions cause you or hinder you from seeking after Jesus. Amen. One verse and out of nine. I don't know. First, um, point three for us this morning, and I'm going quickly. Point three, Bartimaeus followed the command of Jesus. Bartimaeus followed the command of Jesus. Let's look in verse 49, Mark chapter 10, verse 49, it says this. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they, I have this underlined in my Bible, because it's the funniest thing. I find it hilarious. And they called the blind man. And whether it was the disciples stopping the blind man for telling him, hey, this, you need to be quiet, or whether it was those that, that opposed Jesus Christ to, be quiet, to tell the blind man to be quiet, Jesus turned around and said, you know what? You call him. Bring him to me. And imagine, imagine their tails between their legs. As they, as they go back to blind Bartimaeus and say, he's, uh, he's calling you. Isn't that hilarious? I don't know. I, I just find that. I just love that. Because oftentimes the critics in your life will be the ones that turn around and say, you know, I was wrong about you. I see the hand of God on you. No, no, I, I, I had this wrong perception of you. I'm sorry, Jesus. If they're walking with God, that's what's going to happen. If you're walking with God, that's what's going to happen. And you know what? Bartimaeus did something. He obeyed the command. There's no point of, of knowing the Bible verses. And there's no point of knowing the, the theory behind things if you do not apply what you know. Makes sense. It's only logical. So when the Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel, do you know what it actually says? It says to go, to do it, to participate, to be part of, to instigate. That's what we're supposed to do. And praise the Lord that there are many in our church that follow the commands of God. But let me tell you, maybe today you're the other side. I say, God, you show your love towards me. You've given me grace. You've allowed me to have the job that I always desired. And yet I don't want to sacrifice for you. I don't want to take that next step. I, I, I don't, I don't want to give a little bit more in 2020. I don't want to give more of my time, more of my talents to you. I, I can't do that, God. because. because I, but I know what you're saying, but I can't do that. Maybe that's you this morning. You know, that call of Jesus Christ was a comfort. It's a great point. That call of Jesus Christ was a comfort. Why? Because even though he saw the multitudes, he still saw one. He still saw an insignificant person that sat there that had nothing to give him and still yielded and said, hey, I want to have fellowship with you. Time and time again, you see it through the Bible. He's walking down the street, and do you know what? Instead of seeing everyone that surrounded, the, the, the walkway, he looks up in a tree and he, and he looks at Zacchaeus. Remember that? And how about that time when he's, he's talking to all these people and, and the children wanted to go see Jesus Christ and, and the disciples said, no, 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 don't, don't, don't bother him. He's doing a great work. And Jesus turns around and he uses the child as an example. We need to understand today that God is not just concerned about the millions of people. He's concerned about the, the one. And just as we are, are sometimes, sometimes placed in a predicament where, where all we're doing is statistics and statistics, we need to see the soul. Because Jesus loves the soul. He died for the soul. And my friend, yes, we have a great need to share the gospel, but are you doing it? Do you know the scary thing is? Is that we'll have a great church, And, and we have great people that know theology. Theology is great, 100%. If you want to become a preacher, you need to know your theology. But you have a testimony that you could share. You have the blood of Jesus Christ that runs through your veins, and the Holy Spirit to lead you. And you have that opportunity. Obey the command. Makes sense. Christian, my goal today, is for you to see that Bartimaeus was blind, but he knew who Jesus Christ was. A couple of verses before this chapter, there was a man with much wealth from my youth I've kept these commandments. This thought of discipleship. Understand that. And said, Yet you have to sell your things. Be be my disciple. We know the story that happened just a couple of verses before. And the man that was was able to see, was that had that had very little limitations, the wealth, the the testimony, was blind. Yet the blind man could see, see spiritually. And he obeyed the command of Jesus Christ. And the thought for you this morning in this point is simply this, is found in the following verses, in verse 50, Mark chapter 10, verse 50. And he said, and, and, and he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. It will cost you to follow Jesus Christ. Christian, it will cost you to follow Jesus. I'm sorry, there's no way around it. If you are a true follower of Jesus, it will cost you. You say, what will it cost me, my friend? And I'll share to you. You know what? The, The thing that cost him was his garment. His reliance on something. He's his own means of protection. His garment was his reputation. People knew me because this is what I wore. His garment was his, his comforts. God, I, I know you want me to become a Christian, and I, I know that you're talking to my heart about my soul, and, but I have these garments that I need to keep on me. And maybe it's the garment of money today. And you're consumed with it. And it's your life. And you spend more time looking at your money than looking at the face of God. Maybe it's your family. That's become your garment. Maybe it's your reputation. There's a beautiful uh, uh, message from Brother Soren on Friday night. And he said, you know, sometimes we can do the things that we need to do but have the wrong heart doing them. And we can serve and we can preach and we can clean and we can say stuff or organize meetings and have the wrong heart. And it does not please God. So church, what is your garment? Are you you willing to just Say, God, I'm going to go to you. I'm taking it off. It's done. I can't have this anymore in my life. And I'm not saying that all these things are all wrong, inherently wrong, but understand this. When it becomes your purpose in life, my friend, that is your God. That is your God. You have placed it above the true and living God. The, the, The verse that coincides with this is simply found in, 2 Corinthians Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. If you can turn there with me. We're almost finished. Thank you for listening so well. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. In verse 4 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Verse 5 says this, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. When he left his garment, he said, God, I don't trust this anymore. I trust in you. And he obeyed. He obeyed. Lastly, and simply this, Back in our in our passage, Mark chapter 10, verse 51. It says this, and Jesus answered and said unto him, What would that, that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. You know we go to we go to a lot of people for our problems. We do. I notice that a lot, even in my life. I, 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 like, I like hearing the, the wisdom of other men. I observe people. And I ask questions about why they do that or, or what they did to make that work or things like that. And the danger is, is we look to men for the answer that only God can provide the means for. You know, that's, that's a dangerous thing. When, you're, when you're, your whole life is looking towards a man and not God. The Roman Catholic Church does that. Is that okay to say? I wonder if we have comments on Facebook about it. No, no. Do um, you know what? It's true. When you put somebody else in the sight of God and say, you know what, I'm going to obey this man instead of you, God, then do you know what you've done? You've created an idol of this man. And the danger with that is that you're following a man. <laughs> he's not perfect. He's not, he's not all there. And he will fail. But if you're standing on, on, on God the Father, if you're standing on the blessed truths of the Word of God, by the way, that's what we stand on. Not some tradition, not some concepts, not something we read in the little book that says you need to do this, 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 establish your church. No, the Bible says this is how it works. And that's how it will work. If you don't believe the Bible, you shouldn't be here. Does that make sense? Is it okay to say that? I doubt you don't believe the Bible. But we just don't apply it. And we go to a man and, and we ask for, for wisdom from a man, but we yet we don't seek wisdom from God. And God has given you the whole canon of scripture in your hand, in your language, and says, Read it. Instead, we go on a little blog and say, oh, what does it mean to be a Christian? Study for yourself. It's okay to do that. Do you know how crazy it would be if you said, you know, Pastor, I've been studying. And God just reassured some things in my life. Do you know how much of a blessing that would be? Why? Because you shouldn't just get fed on Sunday or on Wednesday. Those are great times to get fed, my friend. But you need to eat every day. It's a good thing, as you can tell. Very good thing for me. But church, don't forget to follow Jesus. This is what happens, and this is where I want to finish today. Simply this. And I can go for another 30 minutes, to be quite honest with you, but I want you to see something the Lord spoke to my heart about. Was that after he was healed, he didn't just back off and just disappear? So many Christianity. Uh, so many in Christianity today, whether they're true blood-born believers or they're just, they're just following for the, for the thrill of it. When their answer is given, when the provision is provided, they forget God. God, I need you. I need you to provide for our needs this week. And, and God gives you something. And, and after you do that, you no longer go to Him. You're like, you know, I'm fine. I, I got my my provision. I'm, I'm sweet. I'm all good. And we don't commune with God. Christian, we must commune with Him. Not to fulfill your need or your want. Because He loves you. Isn't that crazy? My circumstances should not dictate my relationship with God. Because if the answer is yes, He is still God. And if the answer is no, my friend, He is still God. And Christians, we must walk with our Savior. We need to. It can't suffice with you just coming to church. It can't. You want to flourish in your Christian life? You want to be a better father? Study the Word of God. Seek men that love God, that want to grow people. It's fine to do that, but don't put them up in a pedestal, because a day will come where that man will fall, but your God will never fall. It will never fail you. And blind Bartimaeus did not let limitations stop him, did not allow people or perceptions stop him. He obeyed the command of Jesus, but he communed with God. After he was healed. And, it, and another phrase that I really liked about this story is simply this. You know, Thy faith has made thee whole. You know, if you knew all the answers, you wouldn't have faith. Never consider that. God, I want to do something great for you this 2020. I, 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 want, to, I want to sacrifice to the Lord. It's going to cost me. But God, I won't do that until you provide the means for me to do that. God says, you know what, step out in faith and I'll show you the means. And we'll discuss that a little bit later tonight. It's sort of in, in, in twi- entwines, it's sort of together, the concept this today. But church, as we close, we we'll finish up with this. Your communion and relationship with Jesus is not based on commands. It's based on care. Your walk with Jesus Christ will determine your service for Him and your communion with Jesus will take you from a place of being limited to being limitless. But that wouldn't have happened if he didn't see his dire strait. If he knew that he couldn't help himself, there was a humbling, there was an abasement of self to follow Christ. And maybe that's you today. I don't know what 2020 has in store for us. When the year came and we were here at the church, I looked and I, I, I looked at my, my wife and we sort of did this big breath together. I said, I wonder what 2020 will bring for our family. I don't know. Neither do you. But we serve a God that does. God that loves a God that desires to have a relationship with you but he will not force himself into your life you must humble yourself and follow amen pray that it was a blessing to you it was a blessing to me let's pray father again come before you and as we learned from the life of blind Bartimaeus this morning that we need you. We need you in our walk. We need you in our families. We need you in our church. Father, we need you. God, I ask that the Holy Spirit will work far more than I could. And Lord, whatever you are speaking to their heart about, I pray, they'll make a decision today. As custom in our church, the piano will begin playing. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Are you here today and you don't even know Jesus Christ? Yeah, you know about him. You've read the Bible a couple of times, but you don't even know for sure that you're going to heaven. The Bible says that you can know the Bible says that you can know for sure that heaven is your home when you pass away from this planet into the next. And today, the Bible says, "is a day of salvation. So I ask, is there anyone in this room that says, Pastor EJ, I'm not sure that I'm going to heaven when I die. I am not sure. Please pray for me. Put up your hand. No one's looking around. It's just me and you. I see that hand in the back. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that other hand in the back. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. You may may put them down. Is there anybody else today that says, Pastor EJ, that no one has ever shown me from the Bible how to get to heaven. And I want someone to show me today. Is there anybody else today that will say, yes, that's me. I'm not ashamed to say that I need to know Jesus Christ as my Savior. Is that you today? Raise your hand. It's just me and you today. Amen, I see that hand. You may put it down. Thank you for your honesty. Christian, maybe today it's you. And maybe God has been calling you to do some things, but you've been too scared to to follow, follow through. Maybe it's time for you to get right with Him. You say, Pastor EJ, I I need to do that today. That's, That's me. I see that hand. Thank you for that, for your honesty. I see that hand. Thank you. Is anybody else today that will humbly say, yes, I see hands everywhere. Thank you for that. I see that hand. You may put it down. The raising of your hand does not guarantee you heaven, my friend. Neither does the raising of your hand depict your commitment. But solidify that with a prayer this this morning. I ask the church, please stand. Please stand to your feet. Please stand. And As the piano plays, if you raise your hand and you say, I, I need someone to share with me the gospel, please come forward. And I'll be here, right here with you. Please come forward. And if I, I can get someone to come with me, it's okay. Don't, don't be nervous about it. It's okay. Say, hey, I don't want to walk. People are, I'm ashamed. No, 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 don't be ashamed. Just come. Just come. You know who you are. Church, pray. Pray. Please come. You know, I don't do this often.